On Thursday's KCLR drive, we decamped to Connolly's Red Mills at Killeen Hill in Kilkenny for a special Cheltenham Festival preview for 2019. In this first part, I get to catch up with some of the team at Red Mills, including Jane Davis, who's the equine brand manager, Rebecca Watson, who's an equine nutritionist, and Melanie Horsman, who's an equine physio working out of Tom Mullen's yard. The conversation kicks off with Jane, where we look into what exactly is happening at Connolly's. KCLR Drive with Ken McGuire. Uh, how are you today? How are things? Very well, thank you. Excellent. This is great. I'm just going to turn your mic up a little bit there. Uh, Jane, um, before we, we get into the, the Cheltenham side of things, uh, Red Mills here in Killian Hill here about two years. Maybe maybe set the scene for us. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about the background of the business. Absolutely. Well, as so many people are aware, Connolly's Red Mills, it's a fifth generation family business based out in Gores Bridge as our headquarters. Um, and I suppose we've been leading the field in animal nutrition now for well over a hundred years so it's yeah it's a fantastic business and what's your own role in the in the whole chain yeah well my title would be brand manager for for equine so i would look after the marketing and promotion for all of our equine brands and products so as a someone who's grown up with horses and absolutely loves horses it's hard to call it a job really that's kind of a dream job dream role really absolutely because <laughs> so everything red mills is about is creating kind of you know optimum nutrition for for horses and all animals so it's a really nice brand to work with do you get involved with the, the horse side of things yourself, uh, like out in the fields, out on the track, or is it very much on the on the marketing side of it? Yeah, I'm say I'm very much um, from a from a work perspective. I'm on the the office side of things, yeah. but get to we we're at a lot of events. So be that show jumping, eventing, horse racing. So we'd have a really strong presence at a lot of these things across the the whole year, really. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, then my home life, we forces at home, so I'm a good customer as well. So <laughs> I can. Sound, that's what you like standing over your own product. That's, that's the most important thing. So uh, I'm guessing with all of these events, and I know you've, you've got the Red Mill series that started in August, September time That's last right, year. That's right, yeah. So you, you obviously get to go out and you're, you're out an awful lot at these things. Very much so and that's what's so important for us that we're kind of seen to be customer facing. Yeah. Um, the thoroughbred industry, like everyone knows how successful that is here in Ireland. You know, we produce some of the best horses, trainers and jockeys and we send them all over the world. So you know, for us, the, the race sponsorship and the Red Mill series that we start this year it's a huge way of giving back to the industry yeah. that supports us 365 days of the year so it's been something that's worked really nicely this year so I saw I saw that in a, in a quote from from Gareth on the on the marketing side it's 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 beyond sponsorship it's more than that it's a real kind of you know everybody's been helping you guys technically for years and years so this is a real good way to give back without a shadow of a doubt it was the 1960s when we first started to produce complete feeds for horses so traditionally feeding horses was very much you know you'd feed your straights you'd yeah. feed your oats and barleys and things like that and the, the whole combination of creating these complete feeds with complete nutrition really came about like that's a fascinating story how um, it was Paddy Mullins Winnie Mullins's father who, who came to the Connollys and said you know I've got a horse and he's just not eating well and he's got so much potential and because nutrition is such a huge part of mm. fueling these horses and they created a, a recipe they created a formulation and it was based around cooking of the raw ingredients and formulating a complete feed and it worked and that horse was vulpine and went on to be a very nice horse i think he won an irish grand national and nice. irish gold cup so from there it all began and and there it continues as well because uh, i think the last time i heard from from joe on air you guys are in 70 plus 
different countries. I mean, the sky's kind of the limit, really. It's phenomenal. And I suppose you'd hear about Joe and Gart say, you know, we followed our customers. Yeah. You know, the sport is now international. Um, and those home customers who are now kind of bringing horses all over the world were looking for the product to go with them. And that opened the door into so many other markets. So I think the, the horse feed is now available in over 73 countries worldwide. Um, yeah, it's spectacular. And I think last year, we take great pride in following our customers and yeah. following the success success of those horses and I suppose we are very proud of the role that we play in, in getting these horses to the yeah. to the track and to the winners enclosure. So we totaled about ninety three group and grade one winners last year that were fed on red mills all over the world. That's so a, that's, that's a nice collection of awards to stick up on the shelf already. Well do you know what it's amazing and you'll see here in the store we've got the screens playing and we mm. show some of the clips and some of the and the videos there and we see our international team and they're based out in those markets as well so you know from that perspective it's it's hugely satisfying but that's that's what everyone that works for red mills is so passionate about yeah. it's it's seeing these horses um in peak condition and performing well well let's let's go back to the the series side of mm -hmm. things so the series uh between yourselves and the the european breeders fund you uh got together and launched this in listowel in september uh, you're kind of, you're almost there, you've got another race or two to go, you're finishing up in Punchestown in April. Uh, maybe give, just give us a, an idea of, of the running of the series. I have I have a loose idea with the yeah. horses bought from auction and it's yep. a chance for maybe new people to get into the game, it's a chance to, to get out, it's, it's a good brand association for you guys as well. So how, how has that been going? It's been going really well and I suppose the Red Mill series is for national hunt horses, so for jumps horses and it came on the back of the success of a very similar series on for flat racing so we have a partner supplement company for an equine and we've partnered with EBF the last two years on a, a, an auction series for two-year-old horses yeah. and that worked really nicely so when the opportunity came to partner once again with EBF to replicate that for national hunt horses for hurdle horses it seemed like the perfect opportunity so the series is designed horses must have been purchased at a store sale so at an auction public auction yeah, for yeah. less than 40,000 or less than 30,000 euros and that keeps them within kind of a, a bracket I suppose so they're competing against horses who are of a similar value. Okay. Um, but it levels the playing field-ish. Correct. And look, you would hear, if you're following your racing, if you're reading the sports pages, we know how competitive it is here in Ireland, how, you know, we've got some of the best trainers. You're coming up against William Mullins and Gordon Elliott and yeah, Henry yeah. de Bromhead, and this is competitive. So this series helps create an opportunity for horses bought at that level to compete for really proper prize money. So we've 14 races within the series. Each of those is worth a minimum of 20,000 euros. Okay. So, which is above the average price of a maiden hurdle in Ireland. So, if technically, if you end up with a fairly decent horse within two or three races, you have a chance of, of scooping your original purchase price back. Precisely. And if you look down through some of the horses who have been successful within the series, a number of them have campaigned within the series. Yeah. So, I know you're going to be chatting to, to Melanie later on. Yeah. Melanie works for Tom Mullins. Tom has a lovely horse there, Chevy Artist, who was third in two of the races. He was third in Gorn on Thursday's day within the Red Mills mm -hmm. race. He followed that up with a third Nace to City Island, who hopefully will, will rock up and tell them next week, and then went on to win his leg in Ferry House. And he's won a total of nearly over 16,000 euros in prize money just campaigning within this series. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it's all about. 
So every horse that runs in the series is qualified for the final at Punchestown. So on the 1st of May at the Punchestown Festival, they can rock up for a 75,000 euro final. So it's all about creating opportunities for these horses, for the trainers, and for the end of the day, our customers. Yeah. And encouraging owners, if they go to the sales next year and they're with their trainer or they're thinking about getting involved in horse ownership, that there is an opportunity for them to get involved at a level, which yeah, is maybe yeah. realistic, and then it presents the opportunity to, to earn some of that investment back. And, and then you're hooked. And then you're hooked. <laughs> so it's, it's a big cycle. Do you know, yeah. there's, it's a big industry. There's, you know, from the breeders down to owners, trainers, the stable staff that work within the yards. Like, it's a big clog. And we're very proud to be able to make that meaningful contribution back into the industry at that level. And we get great exposure. It's a wonderful opportunity to meet our customers at the races. Um, and feel very proud that we're putting, helping to put up with the Irish EBF this kind of prize money. Sound. Well, we're going to be talking to some of the, the team as well about the, the preparations for, for Cheltenham soon enough. Uh, from, from your own standpoint, uh, and I suppose with, with Red Nose, I mean, the association with Cheltenham and, and everything, it must be, you know, this is, this is where, it's, where it's at. Cheltenham is the Mecca, yeah. you know, and we are absolutely blessed here in Ireland. We've quality racing all year round here. Yeah, to yeah. enjoy and you know over the last number of years the fun that's been associated with the Presbury Cup and the English Irish Irish rivalry and I think last year we had 17 winners 17 at the festival the, the year yeah, before yeah. record-breaking 19 so you know you wear your 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 Irish pride as such <laughs> I suppose going into the week and yeah, yeah. in a previous life I would have worked for horse racing Ireland so our whole focus was around the Irish winners but of course as Red Mills we feed plenty of customers on both sides of the of the Irish sure. Sea so I've changed my allegiances and <laughs> I have a much more open mind when it comes to next week but you, you really looking forward to it. The, the green, white and gold all right come Tuesday. Will you be going over yourself? Unfortunately not this year I'll be tuning in from home but um, it's going to be a cracking week really looking forward to it. Good stuff. Well look Jane uh, we'll let you back to it. Thanks very much for the introduction side of things as well. Uh, any any favourites or anything that you that you might be looking at towards, towards well, next week? Is it too early to? Oh look I suppose you just want, there's always a good story at Edge Hill and there's always a fairy tale to be had. So yeah. be tuning in for some of that. And look, all, all the local horses are supposed to us here in Kilkenny with, you know, Willie Mullins' team and you've got Tom sending horses over sure. and, you know, we'll be supporting all the local all the local team. But ugh, it's a great week. It's just hard not to get hooked in it. So hopefully everybody comes home safe and has a good time. Good stuff. Well, that's Jane Davis, uh, Equine Brand Manager uh, for Red Mills here. And this is where we are live at this afternoon. If you're in the neighbourhood, swing down. We're going to be here until half past five and we've got a great panel discussion lined up for you after four o'clock. KCLR Drive with Ken Maguire. Uh, and joining me on the couch uh, is Melanie Horseman, the absolute most perfect surname for this kind of thing in the world ever. You could not make this up. How are you? How are things? I'm good, thank you very much. Excellent. Um, Melanie, you're working in uh, Tom Mullins' yard. Uh, so you, if anybody is going to have the inside track on how things work and what makes the horses tick and everything that goes into the preparations it's you we're, we're, we're chatting off mic and it sounds like you never sleep no sleep is a pastime it's a hobby <laughs> <laughs> um no the running of the yard like every day in the yard is life yeah it's 365 days it's all or nothing really to try get the best for the horses yeah, yeah. you've got to be all in for them so what what do you do on a, on a day-to-day basis what's, what's um, your day like I'll start off in the morning, I have a couple of horses in my own yard and I'll get them done over, get them sorted for the day and then I head off to Tom's, I'm there for about half seven and 
start riding out. My main job is riding out in the mornings. Yeah. Um, could ride any amount of horses in the morning and then check them over, make sure everything is okay with them, that they've eaten, if, they've, if they haven't eaten, why haven't they eaten? Yeah, yeah. Just to see that basically that what you're going to ride is okay to ride out. Okay. So it's uh, obviously an awful lot of work uh, involved in it. How long have you? How long have you been at it? I've been in horses all my life. Yeah. Born and bred, <laughs> never stood a chance. <laughs> and it's just part. It's just like seven days a week. This is what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. It's as I said. It's all or nothing. Love it. Adore it. Nice. You'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is, like, uh, Cheltenham Week is upon us, um, what what does that mean for somebody like you, you know, where obviously uh, stakes are high, competition is high, preparation is preparation is key, like, and that's... Oh, yeah, definitely, like, from the day they start as young horses, you're sitting on them wondering, are they good enough to go to Cheltenham? So when you've got something good enough to go to Cheltenham, it's everything. It's, yeah. it's like our Olympics, but every day you have a good horse running, it's a good day. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just basically trying to make sure that you keep the boxes ticked all the way along and keeping the horses happy. How long in advance does your does your Cheltenham preparation start for for some, for an event that's as big as this? I mean, if you if you finish if you finish next week, are you planning for 2020? Have you been planning for 2019 since the kind of the the last race ran last year, or is it something that you just kind of watch like month to month? And but it's basically what the horses show you themselves. Like if you've a horse winning early on in his career, you're wondering how good is he, mm. and that he can step up the mark, or he or she can step up the mark and keep going along. And then when they're winning races and they're improving every time they run then you're saying okay maybe we have a shot of Cheltenham with this horse and earlier on in the season you might say no we don't have a Cheltenham horse yeah, here yeah. and then later on in the season you're like oh we definitely have a Cheltenham horse here <laughs> so it's like and it takes horses different times to develop and yeah. show their transformation throughout a year so like some horses can show you early on some horses can show you just when it comes to entry can horses show you too much too soon yes like it depends on the horse and their individual personality yes. Um, sometimes they can be above their stations and when you get there they're not what you hoped they'd be yeah. and then it takes some horses a lot longer to come but when they get there they have it yeah. so, so uh, with, with Cheltenham on the horizon uh, how many from the yard are, are heading over? well two for definite and hopefully a third Okay. Um, we'll know later on with the confirmation stages and the balloting and yeah 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 so. and for the, for the two that are definite what's the preparation been like there? Oh, basic minding, <laughs> Hope, like doing their last bits of work, hoping they work well, that they're they're happy enough to go to Cheltenham off that base, yeah. um, just that they're eating, that they're looking at, that they're being looked after, and that they're happy. Is there is there a period of just kind of tapering off training and just making sure that you know they're in they're in the right mindset that yeah. they're good to go? Basically, like you can either have you having enough done to get there, mm. or sometimes you can have too much done. And it's just hoping to get the happy medium. Yeah, yeah. That you're when you get there, everything is good. <laughs> well, how many how many are involved then besides yourself in, in terms of the preparation? Well, we're a small team in the yard, but there's a couple of guys that do the mucking out, and then there's three or four of us that ride over every day, and then we've got a couple of jockeys that come in different days during the week to ride out in school and ride work. Okay. And will will many will many from the team travel? Um, so far, it'll be just me. Okay. Yeah. So I get to go on my holidays with ponies. <laughs> no pressure. So. No pressure. <laughs> well, look, one of the one of the uh, one of the really interesting things uh, about your role is that you're an equine physio. Yes. So you're you're kind of responsible for the the, the fine tuning of these machines, these athletes. Uh, tell me more. How did how did how did you get into that? Um, 
Um, well, I've been in horses all my life, but we kind of said, look, just in case anything happens, you've got to do something else. And I've always loved looking after horses. So yeah. when I eventually came in, that's what I wanted to do. And I became an equine physio. And it's brought me it's brought me into riding out in Tom's because yeah, yeah. I was doing the physio work for him for a few years. And then it was like, oh, I'll go in and ride a few lots. And that's incorporated for the last year and a half. I'm in there every day now. Um, but it's great, the physio side of it, because you sit on a horse and you know something's not fully right, his stride isn't right, or he's swishing his tail, or there's something just not right. Yeah, yeah. And then you can iron out that, hopefully iron out that little problem. And then, because those little inches are the winning and losing of a race, the yeah. length of a stride. So... Is, is it compar comparable, obviously, to kind of, uh, you know, I turn up with the physio after a training session and I have a niggle in my shoulder and somebody's pulling and yanking at me in this way and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh wow, this is grand, this is great, I'm fresh. Same same translates to the, yeah, the equine side of things? But a human can tell you when they have a problem, where True. a horse just shows you through their personality or how they're moving. So, like, when they've got a problem and they're not moving properly, when you iron that out, they... they hopefully go back to the way you want them to be sound yeah okay this is, this very is, enjoyable this is like a, a, a totally different side of the industry that i knew nothing about like, i didn't i didn't know that equine physios were a thing until so like basically if you stand a horse up yeah. it's a human same same muscles same, same, muscles, same yeah makeup. everything works it's just they carry a lot more than us okay. so tell me then what's your uh, what's your chapman week gonna look like everything kind of stays the same we just keep the horses ticking over and then hopefully they'll head over on sunday and travel them over as best we can nice and quietly and make sure that they stay eating and that the prep just stays basically normal okay nothing really changes yeah yeah uh, and of course uh, i uh, had overheard somewhere i think tom mullins is is a customer of red mills as well he so there's obviously a good relationship yeah. between you guys <laughs> yeah and we've been very lucky because there's a great support. Yeah. Any little problems, we can ring them and say, guys, can we, any little niggles, they come and help us, and they're great to, to have a chat with us about if we have any problems. Sound. Yeah. Are you kept, kept on the road as well, across the across the air from, from meet to meet? Yes, I do uh, the, the travelling of the horses to the race meetings and preparing them for the races and getting them all shined up and happy. <laughs> Someone. keeping them happy <laughs> as i said you have to love it yeah well i i think i think uh, that's fairly evident all right yeah. you've you've got an awful lot going on uh, so who are the two that are who are the two that are going over um we have our legend who's a four-year-old and we have court made sound um, optimistic so. Well, you'd be hoping so. <laughs> like, they've done everything we've asked them to do so far this year. Um, Court Maid has won four. She actually won the uh, Red Mills leg of the of the series, yeah. so um, which is great. And we've got Chavi Artis, who's hopefully going over for the Alba Bartlett yeah. later in the week, just depending. He's won his leg of it, as Jane said earlier. He's yeah, been yeah. third and third and and won his, and Court Maid has been second and won hers. So there's the chance to. Yeah, and we're very, the like, their owners are great people. They, they've they have great fun with it. Excellent. So, is uh, out out of that, what's what's the relationship like, or what's the, what's the working side of things with with the owners? Are the, do the owners have kind of much input into what happens in the yard and yard life? Or is it it's it's in your hands? Um, basically, they they talk with Tom about what races they're going to go mm. to and stuff like that, and they might come and see their horses, but they basically leave the training to Tom and okay. they're the like Tom's the boss and. Yeah, yeah. They just, they work together. So, okay. Uh, anything you're looking forward to beyond Cheltenham in particular? 
any day you get a winner. <laughs> <laughs> any day a nice horse shows promise in a nice race yeah. and that they come home safe. Sound. Well, I suppose that's the most important thing. Yeah. So, well, look at uh, we're going to be chatting about nutrition and uh, the kind of the feed element and preparation of it. So we might pick your brains again with uh, with Rachel a little bit later on. But no in the problem. meantime, uh, Melanie Horseman, thanks a million. Thank for you very much. Time to have a chat. KCLR Drive with Ken McGuire on the couch beside me as we keep the chats uh, kind of Cheltenham things and Cheltenham related going. Rebecca Watson. Rebecca uh, is an equine nutritionist here at Redmills. How are you doing? How are things? I'm good, thank you. Good to be here. Good, good, good. Uh, enjoying your enjoying your day so far. We're chatting. It seems uh, like you lead a fairly varied role here. Yeah, it's busy, and uh, no two days are the same. Certainly. So, what do you do as as an equine nutritionist? What's what's a what is it? <laughs> um, we do a lot of um, customer um, conversations, emails, phone calls. Uh, we give out a lot of advice. If any customers have got a problem horse, maybe ones that are not eating, they maybe have various problems from tying up to gastric ulcers, that kind of thing. So we can offer advice on to which, as to which feeds would be best to feed them, okay. management strategies for these problem horses as well. And just uh, as simple as helping customers pick a feed, because there are so many different uh, recipes and formulations out there, it can be quite confusing. The closest thing that uh, we were kind of chatting uh, earlier this afternoon, when it, when it comes to like getting ready for something like uh, Chetland, the closest thing I could equate it to was, uh, well, it's, it's a completely different sport, would be cage fighting <laughs> and, and mixed martial arts. And the, the only reason I say this is because uh, I train with people who, when it comes to competition time and when it comes to like big event time, yeah. They know what they're eating 12 yeah. weeks out, uh -huh. 10 weeks out, and 6 weeks out, and 4 weeks out. They're cutting weight, they're doing one thing and another, they're really managing their, their nutrition essentially. Is it, is it the same applies down to equine level? The same applies down to equine level. Our horses are a little bit easier to feed in that they don't get to pick and choose from a menu, so they, they pretty much eat what they're served up. But we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to feed them so that they're not gaining too much fat, that yep. they're gaining lean muscle so that they can perform to their best uh, of their abilities. And also for recovery, you know, after hard training sessions, same as uh, MMA, I suppose, yeah, yeah. hard training sessions. No, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a strange <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we want them to recover well and to be in the best physical shape to go on and do the next hard training session and ultimately you're aiming towards a race like a fight you're you have a date in mind the trainers have a date in mind when they want these horses to peak and our Cheltenham horses are obviously around about this week in March well that's the thing so with, with Cheltenham in mind then I mean does, does your workload ramp up do the calls and the and the concerns kind of ramp up coming into to March time? no I mean the the trainers will be doing their homework all year round okay. it's, it's not like it's something that they suddenly think of the week before oh what are we going to do you know they, they, these guys are, have done the homework they've done the groundwork um, the beauty of our feed is it's available all over the world and, and not just sort of in Ireland but in the UK we've got suppliers there we can get feed to the race course so that they don't have to bring over bags with them from Ireland you know wherever our trainers go we go yeah, as well yeah uh, Jane was saying uh, earlier on, I think uh, you've, you've got your own lab, you've got fairly state-of-the-art yeah. as well. So maybe tell us tell us a little bit about that. What happens behind the scenes? We have some really cool equipment there, yeah. Um, on site, in our laboratory on site, we've got Olympic testing standard laboratory there. So we can test our feeds and we're testing raw materials when they come in before we make the feeds. We're testing for any what we call naturally occurring prohibited substances. So you will have heard of things like morphine, like poppy seeds. Yeah 
getting uh, in amongst crops as a weed, essentially, you know, and, and if that turns up, that could potentially give your horse a positive result. So we are screening all our raw materials when they come in. We test the feeds, obviously, for nutritional content. The, the nutritional analysis is done at the time of manufacture and, again, tested before the feed leaves the, the premises. We've just got two new um, machines in the laboratory now, so we're also testing for vitamins and minerals on site, okay. which is a, a recent development, and it's great to be able to do all that in-house and not have to be sending it out and waiting for days to get results back. Yeah. You know, we can get results very quickly. And are there are there many of you within that in the team working in that space? Yes, uh -huh. our laboratory, um, we have full-time staff in there. I think there's uh, around 8 to 10 people working in the laboratory all, all week long. Yeah, yeah. No messing around. And that, no. that's not just on the Irish side of things. I'm guessing you're, you're, you're testing no. from an international point of view. Absolutely. Well. We export, we export all over the world. Um, I myself travel to the Far East a lot and two of my um, areas are Japan and Hong Kong and the racing jurisdictions there because they make so much money from gambling they're very very strict on anything that comes into the racing compounds there their stables there bedding is tested the feed is tested really? yeah yeah down, down to that level absolutely yeah yeah Damn. even i know in hong kong they also test the grooms R really really yes wow the Hong Kong Jockey Club are one of the, the biggest registered charities in the world, but they yeah. make so much money from, from gambling, which they, they do a really good job of you know, pumping back into the local sure. community. But um, it, it, it has to be strictly regulated. They had an incident there, I think in 2007, where they had to refund betting monies and it cost them billions of dollars. Damn, okay. So yeah. I'm guessing with, with that in mind then, uh, and you, you had alluded to it earlier, there's, there's a, a lot of uh, you know, I's to dot and T's to cross and paperwork. <laughs> If you're if you're crisscrossing from here to Asia to to wherever, yeah, yeah, kept kept fairly busy. Yes, uh -huh. lots of the different countries. Um, obviously, in the EU, it's very easy to to move product around and to sell into the, to other EU countries because we all have the same the the same you know requirements and legislation. But once you go outside of that, yeah, it can be really tough. Turkey and China are two of the the toughest markets that we have to get in for for compliance. And India is coming alongside that okay. as well now. So. When it, when it comes to, uh, and you, you may have kind of touched on this, when it comes to individual uh, horses and individual trainers, would, would you find there's, you know, they're, they're kind of tailoring, it, it's nutrition tailored on a, on a kind of a pair of horse, uh, not like one size fits all, or this bag Absolutely. of feet suit everybody. Yeah, and, and that's very much, you know, th this is a, a challenge for bigger operations where they've got literally hundreds of horses in the training yard because all these horses are individuals they are very individual and you can't you can't address it like one size fits all because you're going to have ones that fall by the wayside and just don't do as well and you know it's very easy when you have a really good horse when you have one of these top horses they seem to take everything in their stride they always eat they always train they don't fret they don't worry but the trouble with these really good horses is they only come along once in a blue moon you know we are dealing far far more with your average horse which we're just trying to get the absolute best out of you know to let him perform to the best of his ability so in order to do that you want to try and rule out anything that could possibly go wrong try try not to concentrate on what could go wrong but just keeping everything else right yeah sound uh, have you got an eye on Cheltenham yourself <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue my tips are notoriously <laughs> bad <laughs> oh, we might get into that later on uh, so you, you won't be in the UK or are you on the road I'm uh, not I'm actually heading off on Sunday I'm heading off to Singapore for uh, a little tour of Southeast Asia Singapore and Hong Kong as I said are, are, are two of my big markets so I've got a, a week in each of them
heading off on Sunday. So unfortunately, I'll be on a different timeline. I don't think I'll manage to catch any of Cheltenham. I'll, I'll be following the highlights on Twitter. That's fair enough. Well, look, uh, Rebecca Watson, equine uh, nutritionist here at Red Mills. Thanks a million for taking the time out. Thank you uh, very much. Your afternoon to have a chat. KCLR Drive with Ken Maguire. If you like what you hear, join me weekdays on KCLR Drive from 3 o'clock. You can email me at any stage. It's Ken at KCLR96FM.com and you'll find out more chats, more interviews, more news and views on the blog. KCLR96FM.com slash drive.